0: Episode 162 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. Dr. Lee Norman says he feels like he's on an Army deployment fighting COVID-19, and he was recently deployed to the Middle East. The Kansas Secretary of Health and Environment is my guest for episode 162 and he has some advice for businesses. First, our big story in the weekly edition, The Office of the Future. Our Shelby Reynolds talked to experts about what the professional new normal looks like. Offices, cubicles, workspaces, working from home. The story begins on page 12. Also this week, a special report appropriate for the holiday weekend, Celebrate Wichita, page 16. This week's list, our big one, Wichita's largest employers, Changes, obviously, on this one. The two-page list begins on page six. This week, we spend 10 minutes with Terry Malone. He's the new managing partner at Martin Pringle Law, page 23. Each week, we provide for you business intelligence on things like new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, court judgments. Our leads section this week begins on page 18. Equity Bank has been our sponsor from the start, episode one. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Secretary Norman, welcome. Thank you very much for uh, being with us today. We appreciate it.
1: Thanks a lot, Bill. Happy to be here.
0: Well, when did you first realize that this was going to be a major disruptive event and not just you know a flu that's going around when did you think that it was going to be a major disruptive event
1: yeah good question uh february we uh and it's interesting there's a little background there and that is i work in the kansas intelligence fusion center uh, with what we call our bio threat team been in there for a dozen years It's a very broad group of people from different infrastructure and critical infrastructure groups, including healthcare, public health, et cetera. So we look at and scan the world for data and we saw this cropping up and certainly in January and said, well, um, we've been waiting and watching for pandemics. I mean, we've we've been through h one n one together in 2009. We went through Ebola in 2014. So I saw this coming and uh, with my uh, team at kdhe of public health and others I said we got a problem or a potential problem let's stand up incident command and it hadn't hit the press yet even really uh, let's stand up incident command which means getting about 60 people activated for a a bunch of work and a in a in a structured format for managing it and they said you've lost your marbles um, because there's <laughs> what are you talking about and i said well there's there's two problems two reasons I'm going to stand up incident command. And one is because I think this could be a problem and I want to be ready for it. And the second is because I'm a secretary and I could do that if I want to. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so they said, well, those are two pretty good reasons. So we did, but it was kind of incident command light uh, until we really saw things unfolding. But then we were organized. Uh, we'd already started doing the work. And then when the uh, the first case hit in Washington, state uh, then it started to unfold very quickly and uh, I think we were well positioned to manage it.
0: What were those first few decisions you had to make as you as you saw it coming?
1: Well you remember when we first started with this it was called a novel coronavirus and it is a novel coronavirus and that's a very operative word novel uh, because it automatically means that You cannot handle it through routine channels. You cannot think routinely. You cannot rely on routine uh, tools, people, structures to handle it. Uh, So we said we need to have novel thinking. And we've been talking about this for a decade or more. What is novel thinking? And then the second was coronavirus. And that was like a holy cow moment. Because the next pandemic was supposed to be avian influenza. It wasn't supposed to be a coronavirus. Right. As much as... Influenza is a bad thing. At least we have antiviral medicines for flu, influenza, and uh, we have vaccines that uh, probably have some cross-reactivity with the next influenza. But coronavirus is a different kettle of fish.
0: How is Kansas looking today compared to two weeks ago?
1: Worse. Uh, there's no question that it looks worse. The, uh, I was, I've been worried since May 27th. Um, we knew... And we had really good forecasting. I've got people I work with that have, have outperformed other models in this country. And there's no, no shortage of competing models for projecting disease. We, we predicted in early March, uh, Dr. John Rule, Captain of the Army, crack epidemiologist, Farah Ahmed, PhD in my own uh, agency, we looked at it and said, it's going to peak out about uh, April 19th. We, had, we missed it by a day. Uh, which doesn't matter of course. Um, and then, but what really bothered me was that when the compromise uh, bill in late May uh, on the 27th, then basically said May 28th, the reopening plan is merely guidance. And then a third of the counties went one way, a third of the counties stuck with our uh, plan for us, even though it was just guidance. And the third came up with something that was probably as strict or maybe even a little stricter. So all of a sudden we became a very patchwork quilt of a state, and I said, Katie Bardor, this is going to be a problem, because for example, our state plan still has gatherings of 45 or less right now. We right. have it in that phase, and I said, this is going to be a problem. I don't care if it's in, uh, you know, Party Cove at Lake Perry, or it's going to be at a bar, uh, or it's going to be at basketball games or rodeos. It's going to be a problem. Fairs, musical venues, because mass gatherings are a problem. And then, of course we already have mass gatherings called uh, places where people work sure. like plants or prisons or nursing homes. So it, it was not a, a secret that gathering like this, where people congregate, is going to be a problem. So you know when it started about seven to 14 days after March, sorry, after May 27th was when the curve re uh, reverted. We had favorable downward trajectory on, uh, all three of the measures that were critical, deaths, hospitalizations, and the rate of new cases. So within seven to 14 days afterwards, those reversed, and now they're all going in unfavorable directions. We've had over 2,000 new cases just from Monday morning last week to Monday morning this week. That, That would have been a month's worth of cases, and we got there in one week last week. So it is escalating extremely quickly.
0: And it sounds like you're not surprised.
1: No, I would have absolutely predicted this. I would have bet my paycheck on it.
0: Yeah. Uh, some say uh, cases are up just because testing has ing- increased. So what's the best data we should look for when we want a really good, accurate picture of how Kansas is doing?
1: Yes. Well, and it is true, if you didn't do any testing, then you'd have no positive cases. But still, people would still be hospitalized and dying and sick from brand X disease. But uh, So there's no excuse for not doing the appropriately uh, managed Testing that we're doing, uh, but to answer your question, Bill, the percentage of tests that are positive—if you were—if it were purely dilution because of the increased amount of testing, then you would expect the number of positive cases to go progressively down, and that's the absolute opposite of what we're seeing. The percentage of positives going up. You know, there was a time when we were down at a percent or two, um, and now we're up at. Uh, I was on with a bunch of hospital people today, uh, and health system folks that are up to six, eight, nine percent. And uh that's worrisome. We we definitely want it to be always single digit, but preferably below four or five percent. Could be worse. There are states uh like Arizona that have over 25 percent of their tests are positive. Texas and Florida and some others of course are just exploding through the roof. So uh we could do worse uh but we must do better because it otherwise there's going to be continued case growth.
0: Of the governor uh, implemented or is implementing her mask mandate. What what are some of the factors and the discussions that led to the mandate for masks as we go into the 4th of July weekend?
1: Yeah, um, and by the way, I of course um, contributed to the decision and stand by it because um, it's a smart thing to do. And by yeah. the way, the strategic things we've done was early school closure, uh, early stay at home orders, and now relatively early compared to other states, Um, mask uh, orders, recognizing that it's got a lot of warts. It's going to be hard to enforce, but we're trying to drive human behavior. Uh, The factors are the ones I just mentioned, which is a a very rapid, almost exponential growth in the number of cases. But the thing that I think is really important to keep top of mind is that uh, this is an unmitigated viral illness, meaning there's no medications for it and there's no vaccine for it. So you have to look at environmental controls. uh, And that are the things we mentioned, uh, especially around decreasing the amount of congregation of people. Uh, But a big part of that is obviously preventing person-to-person spread. And let me tell you, without controversy, masks work. So I don't care what you read on social media. I don't care what these bogus OSHA postings are. Masks work. This is a blinding flash of the obvious for those of us that have been following this kind of stuff for decades. It's worked since 1527. That was a, uh, and I, I'd like to think we've come a long ways in almost 500 years, but the fact we're still battling this notion that masks don't work is a bunch of, um, I'm trying to think of a quiet word for it, carbon. <laughs> uh, and they work, and, and why 1527? That's when the bubonic plague came out and, you know, because even bubonic plague can be spread mnemonically uh, through breathing and coughing. Uh, SARS in 2003 and 04 was a human experimentation study, mostly in Asia. And it absolutely, again, proved that masks work. Now people hate masks and I recognize that. Compliance will be very difficult, but compared to the, the and we could be doing this a very long time. But compared to the downside of not using them, and granted, it's not the greatest thing since sliced bread, it does not prevent 100% of the infections, but if you can prevent 60% of the infection 60% of the time, why wouldn't you? And again, not that big of a burden. We're talking about when, and again, on Thursday morning, the governor will come out with the, kind of the the definitions of what is uh, outside. I mean, what is social distancing? the way I like the term physical distancing because we can still be social without and be distance at the same time so what is physical distancing when you go outside and you've got all the elbow room you're out in the park you're you know on a boat fishing you're not gonna have a problem you're you know physically distanced enough you don't need to wear a mask in those settings so people should not act like martyrs when you're in a place you cannot control your environment put on a mask if there's gonna be people when you're getting on an elevator, you don't know who's going to get on there. Uh, put on a mask. Um, and quit being such a martyr about it. You know, it's it's just a mask. I, I've been a doctor for 40-plus years. I've worn masks for 40-plus years.
0: Right. I, I went to the doctor this week. I had a mask on for about an hour, and I did not pass out or anything. So I was pretty pleased with no, that. that's
1: because you're young and healthy.
0: Right, you bet. You bet. Well, uh, are, are you surprised at how large or divided people are about merely wearing a mask?
1: Um, I'm not surprised they're divided in terms of wanting to. I'm surprised at how nasty people have become. I've got dozens of state and county health officers who have resigned their position because county commissioners are firing them, because they've had death threats against them. They've had protest stations on their front yard and, and things burnt in effigy. And, you know, we're just trying to keep people alive. Uh, and uh, the, the, the tuperation, the, the nastiness, has been very surprising to me. Uh, basically, this is not a this is not a power trip. I'm, I didn't sign up for a power trip. I just want to help people stay alive and stay right. healthy.
0: Uh, and, and those are instances you're talking about that have had, had to have happened just in the last couple of months, right?
1: Oh, within the last three to four weeks, absolutely.
0: Wow. Yeah. I I suspect the business community was not shy in providing advice regarding the stay-at-home order and the Ad Astra plan. Did you get more or fewer calls than Governor Kelly did?
1: Well, I can't comment because I don't know how many she got. My 3,906 emails from today and probably texts and phone calls are are still awaiting me. Uh, Actually, uh, Bill, to be honest with you, the the business owners have been very respectful and uh have said and they've been um kind of uh patient and said i want you to understand my concerns you know of course it's not like i don't live in the world you know my daughter it, who uh in washington state has essentially lost her income source and she's mm-hmm. a single mom with two kids at home i'm helping her out she's she's not having to. Uh, go on public assistance or anything, I'll you know, i take care of her. My son in New York who caught COVID-19 uh, was, fa- ate, fortunately, got over it and was able to go back to work. Uh, it's not like I live in a glass bubble someplace. I recognize that. What I think, and what I think, and I would really like the message to get out, is that I think that masks will help businesses. And the reason is because there's a lot of people out there, particularly older folks, uh, that will put off going into stores and things like that because they don't feel safe. And I think that businesses, oh, and by the way, if we do better at uh, social distancing and mask wearing, hand washing, and the like, then there'll be less of a uh, pressure to close down businesses, to go back, to take steps back into a stay at home. Nobody wants to do that, and yet that could well be the case. We are barely into this thing. You know I hate to rain on anybody's parade, but we're we're eighteen to twenty four months. Uh, from now we're we're going to be having some of these similar conversations until a vaccine comes out that's that's good. I would like for businesses to compete on the basis of being safe, whether it's a safe place to work or it's a safe place to come in. I have a wine shop in uh, Kansas City that I go to some. Uh, and they won't allow people in without masks, but they say, we will do everything we can. Here's, uh, we'll pass, you can get on our website, we'll we'll deliver it to the trunk of your car, just pull up. I mean, they're doing, and a few people grumble, but mostly say, thank you. Matter of fact, I was going down those streets to such and such, and man, that place was jammed with people, and I didn't, it looked like going into a TB ward, you know, or something, I didn't want to do that. So I, I would think that the businesses would, Uh, Maybe turn it a little bit sideways and say we want you to be safe. Come on in here. We'll help you uh, be safe wear a mask Uh, But I realize that's kind of Pollyanna thinking, but I really believe that
0: any other advice you have for businesses as they continue to uh, Try to survive and 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 grow uh, under these situations
1: Um, I think there's a couple things that come to mind I already mentioned one about competing on the ability to be safe uh, to use innovation you know it's a tumultuous time what are the things that i can do to reorganize my business maybe a little bit differently maybe changing menus maybe uh, having a different line of services you know when the more things that are up in the air with chaos is a time when clever thinking can be done um, i met with uh, not long ago maybe a month ago with some architects and design persons that talked about work settings uh, what can be done to help um, recruit people better and different a different kind of talent, uh, to so we can out compete other businesses for the architects, for example. And you know, for how quickly things change. You know, two years ago, with Apple and Google working on these on these big, uh, long tabletops, was you know high click, uh, fast moving technology, young hip people. Man, that came to as a door slammer. Right. On things. So how can you pivot uh, to provide a safer environment? And uh, I think that people need to uh, quit digging their heels in quite honestly and say there's a new reality how do we adjust and not only adjust but how do we thrive in it and I, I think there's a lot of opportunity there
0: I know you're frustrated by some public behavior uh, what aspects of, of the public behavior you're seeing these days are you pleased with
1: um, I think that I'm first off really pleased with the. there's a silent I, I don't know if it's the majority or not maybe not Majority, but there's a large silent segment out there that are just doing everything they can to uh, to minimize the risk to others, uh, particularly older folks. Uh, but of course, they're enlightened self-interest; they don't want to get sick and die. Right. Um, but, but there's so many people. You know, for example, we have uh, communities with people of color, uh, racial, ethnic minorities, and uh, that are doing everything they can to help uh, from a charitable or or a community service way to help people have access to testing. Uh, When I think about uh, when schools close, all of a sudden, and we forget that schools like, uh, a lot of people depend on schools for nutrition, uh, child care, and those kind of things to to community organizations stepping up and saying, what can we do with that? Um, So I I think there's been a lot of goodwill. And it goes largely unnoticed because they're not sitting home spouting off on on social media right and uh and i think those people a tip of the hat to them uh they're a, a very powerful force uh for good uh the thing that i think though is particularly hard is that everybody's got a great esprit de corps for about 72 hours you know and uh and then and then things to unravel so now what five months later into this the esprit de corps is left the building and uh, what is it we can do to say, okay, uh, let's get ourselves up, dust ourselves off. But I'll tell you, I, I don't if you know this, but I was deployed to the Army in the Middle East in 2017, 2018 for a right. good part of the year. And when this hit, I said, I am deployed to Topeka or other places because the battle rhythm has been, it, it has been uh, absolutely as fast-paced as an army deployment. It's just been. Uh, dizzingly difficult to keep ahead of. And once we think we know something, then also we so little we know about this virus. Uh, and then we get such, from the top of government on down, we get countervailing messages and confusing messages and inconsistent messages. And, uh, and some of it is just because nobody knows the answer. Uh, so how, and thank you for uh, sharing with listeners what I think is good quality information because it's coming from me. But um, but beyond that, I, I think it's really good to have a consistent message and then to admit when we're wrong. You know, like early on, we said masks are not the greatest thing. But then again, we were trying to preserve masks so that people that in healthcare settings and first responders would have them. So there, there's two ways. If somebody changes their message, uh, let's say on masks, there's two kinds of people that say, well, there they go again, a bunch of idiots who don't even know the right answer. And then other people saying, thank God we have people that have enough in, intellectual integrity to say we, we, we're learning different things. So to be forgiving and, and to be uh, uh, re- resilient, I think is a really good word and accept new ideas, but not to be, and particularly not to be deliberately hurtful.
0: You're in a deployment. When's the last time you had a day off? Um,
1: There was... Uh, just before Governor-elect Kelly called me, there was this brief window in time. I got back in May, and she got elected in November, and I was bored out of my mind. Uh, <laughs> so I said, "I want some." I said, "I want a medium-sized job," and uh, I I didn't get it. <laughs> right. I'm not complaining. I uh, I am going to take a few days off in July, uh, which won't be days off, but they just won't be days doing it but this one will still ring but I'm doing great I really enjoyed the challenge if I was on the sidelines during this I'd be I'd be I'd be crazy wanting to get in coach you know yeah
0: Yeah. well we we appreciate all the work you've done we we appreciate your service Uh, we appreciate all the hard work you're doing now and uh, and will be doing for some time it looks like so Dr. Lee Norman, Secretary of Health and Environment, thank you so much for your service. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Bill Roy. I appreciate the opportunity to meet with you.
0: You bet. We are eager and ready to tell your story. Please contact us if you have examples or want to share your experiences. You can reach me at broy at bizjournals.com. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 162. We hope you're doing well, as always. And as Secretary Norman said, now's the time to be creative, innovative, and entrepreneurial as you fight to survive and eventually prosper. Check out all our podcast episodes at our BizTalk with Bill Roy hub. It's at WichitaBusinessJournal.com. Thanks for listening and subscribing. BizTalk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter. And thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. You know, creating the business concept... Turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.